Oh, I can't believe you're serving a three-year sentence. It seems so harsh. Well, the only upside is that it's given me time to think about why I ended up in here. I, I guess I was stealing because I was so sick of the same old routine. I felt like I had a void in my life, like, like there was a secret hole in me. Oh, God! And I was trying to fill that hole with all kinds of expensive objects and things. Oh, God! And I felt wonderful with all those things filling that hole. Oh, God! I did this to myself, so I'm just gonna have to lay back and let the penal system teach me a lesson. That one is also sexual. I got the horses in the back, horse tack is attached. Hat is Maddie Black, got the boots that fly to me. Riding on a horse, you can whip your Porsche. I'm not a tough guy, gentle, I'm not rough guy. Just can't eat enough guy, I'm a Coco Puff guy. I'm that dead type, dramatized and sad type. Drinking till I'm mad type, don't know how to add type. I'm a fat guy. you kidding. Duh. <laughs> hey everybody and welcome to the most shoplifted podcast on your feed. It's freaking sweet, a family guy podcast. The internet's number one week by week, episode by episode. Look back at Family Guy 20 years later. I I am just a family guy. I am your host, Ian, and don't tell the guards. But boy did I sneak in one hell of an episode this week. It is breaking out is hard to do. Take that, wise cracking meatball surgeon! Nobody messes with Adam Wee. It is our fourth season's ninth episode and our 59th episode overall. It debuted July 17th, 2005 and was directed by Kurt Dumas, who did a fantastic job considering all of the different locations and new characters and crazy action scenes that are in this episode. And it was written by Tom Devaney. This is his first uh, script for the show. He does many uh, really, really funny and good episodes later on, uh, and he is a veteran of several TV shows uh, before this, and he did a fantastic job with this episode. Uh, this episode is so funny, and it is the first part in our two-part Lois Stravaganza. Our next two episodes focus mainly on Lois and are really, really funny. This one is really nostalgic for me. It's one of the episodes that I always think of when I think of Family Guy Season 4. And the next episode has so many iconic jokes. Uh, this episode, uh, but like I said, this episode in particular, for some reason, maybe it's because it's the first one on a disc and I, this is the show that I go to bed to. Uh, and uh, So I've seen it so many times, but this episode is nostalgic Family Guy for me. And I can't wait to get into it, so I'm not going to. But what's that? Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. Oh, the plane just hit the bird. Okay, well, you know what? At least we have concurrent cartoons. Concurrent cartoons. Like last week, a lot of our pickings are slim this week. However, I did a little deeper digging, and I found out what was really going on on that warm July Sunday in 2005. Uh, there was a King of the Hill episode. It was Red Corn Gambles on the Future, or Gambles on His Future. It's a repeat episode where John Redcorn wants to create an, and, uh, a Native American gaming casino, but they don't allow that in Texas. 
this is an episode where uh, we get to see his his band for the first time, Big Mountain Fudge Cake, uh, which is my favorite fictional band name uh, of all time. And uh, it doesn't really end good either way, but it's it's a good episode. John Redcorn's funny, and I really like King of the Hill, and I think most people do as they get older. There's also a Simpsons episode, but it was one that we have talked about before. It was called Thank God It's a, It's Doomsday, and it's where uh, Homer becomes a prepper. And it's a funny episode, but like I said, we've talked about it before. Uh, along with our new episode tonight, we also got a repeat of Fast Times at Buddy CNC Junior High, as well as before this uh, episode that we're going to talk about today, uh, there was a, another episode of that really, really bad show I told you about last week with the off-brand Jenners uh, called Princess of Malibu or whatever. Um, absolutely terrible. Uh, along with our episode of Family Guy, there's also an episode of Six Feet Under, a new episode, which, uh, both episodes of Family Guy soundly beat. Uh, there was also an episode of Pimp My Ride that played against our episode today. Uh, I believe our Family Guy episode beat it in the ratings. There's also an episode of Viva La Bam that played in the fame, uh, the same hour, uh, but against the repeat of Old Family Guy, I believe Viva La Bam won, uh, in that hour or in that half hour. During this hour, there's also an episode of Celebrity Fit Camp, uh, which I watched, and this was the, specifically, it was the episode where one of the coaches was going to box uh, Screech from Saved by the Bell, who just recently passed away, Dustin Diamond. And it's just kind of funny that that came up this close. Later on in the night, Andy Milanakis's Andy Milanakis show would come on MTV2, which was something I watched when I was a kid. In 2005, I was 14 or 15 or 13. So um, all of these things on MTV are just hitting me right on. And then also uh, at 9 o'clock, there was a new episode of Punked uh, hosted by Ashton Kutcher. That was uh, a lot of fun. And so this was a good night for TV, uh, even if we didn't get a lot of cartoons out of it, and if that even if that Princess of Malibu show was going to be on. Either way, we won't take up too much more of your time. We'll get you right back into your regularly scheduled episode of Family Guy. Breaking out is hard to do. And this episode starts with the family at the supermarket. And this episode starts off with a banger of a joke. A kidnapper walks up to a walks up to a woman with a baby in her cart, and he's like, he's going to snatch the baby, and she's like, "Hey, what are you?" And he's like, "Ah, oh, you got me. Oh, 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 that sure was close. Yeah, I'll get him. Oh, I bet you will. I bet you." That joke is so fucking funny. And after we go to uh, Stewie and Lois, Lois hands him a couple of uh, vegetable bags. And Stewie's like, oh, do you know how dangerous this is? I'm going to uh, asphyxiate myself. You know what? I'll let him tell the joke. Oh, what brilliant parenting, Lois. Leave a tiny infant with a plastic bag. You know, I might asphyxiate myself just to teach you a lesson. Here I go, just like that boy from In Excess. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Blast! Good Lord, Lois, either I was a C-section or you're Wonder Woman. Like I said, he's a lot better at these things than I am. But uh, one note from the commentary is that instead of saying, um, 
that uh, Lois that it was either a C-section or Lois's Wonder Woman. The joke was that he said, um, "Jesus, Lois, either I was a C-section or you're stretch vag strong." Which they would have put that in, but I I think the network made him take it out. But that joke is so fucking funny. And when I heard that in the commentary, I fucking cracked up laughing. We go right from that to uh, Lois telling Chris to, to get some milk. He goes to get milk. A hand pops out and pulls him into the AHA music video, which is really fun. And they had the storyboard artist and the regular artist uh, go over it. And they rotoscoped it. It's fantastic. You can hear Kurt Dumas uh, just getting so much praise uh, from every everybody in the commentary. He gets a lot of praise from Seth MacFarlane because of how technically uh, difficult this episode was. Uh, and this was just one facet of why it was so difficult. It's a really funny sequence of Chris going through the AHA music video for Take Me Away, which is really funny. Uh, I love that song not only because of this, but also because there's a Kendrick Lamar mashup of that song, and I can't even remember the Kendrick Lamar song, because this song, when mashed up with it, makes it a thousand times better, and it's so funny, but it, like, it makes the song just better. So, uh, look, go look for that. Go look for, uh, Take Me, or Take On Me, and, uh, and Kendrick Lamar mashup, and you'll get a, you'll get a real kick out of that. Lois, um, Lois does not have enough cash to pay for the groceries, so she says she's going to put the hand back up, but when she goes to put it back up, she doesn't. She slips it in her purse, that wily little minx. And on her way out of the store, we see the robber try one last time with a promise of candy. He's like, hey, you know, I've got some candy if your kid wants some in my van. And the woman's like, oh, okay. And she goes to give the baby to the guy. And she's like, hey. And he's like, ah, I almost got you that time. Uh, Brian, later on uh, at the house, confronts Lois, sort of, about the ham. He's like, hey, I thought you put that ham back. And she's like, no, I put the other one back. And he's like, I don't remember another ham. And she's like, well, you were eyeing up that red book with Glenn Close on it. And he's like, hey, she is a handsome woman. Which is fair. Glenn Close, knockout, I'm sure, at some point. Brian... Uh, er, no, uh, Stewie starts making fun of him, and he's like, uh, this is, uh, this is even more surprising than that time that, uh, or, this is the first time you surprised me like this, Brian, and we get a cutaway to Brian dressed like Lois, and he's like, oh, I've got to make dinner and go do this and do a piano lesson, and I'm so busy, and, uh, Stewie comes in, and he's like, oh, oh, you're not, okay, and Brian's like, yeah, I was just pretending, I was just playing dress up. And she was like, she was like uh, yeah, pretending is fun. Look, I'm going to go throw up in the hole about something else. Uh, goodbye. And Lois, um, later on, it, we cut to Lois just going on a fucking uh, thieving uh, spree uh, through a clothing store. And I'm going to play the clip of it because... Uh, I find it so funny, the noises that Lois is doing, and I just can't imagine what, how fucking hard they were cracking up just listening to Alex Borstein do all of these fucking noises. I believe I'm also going to have uh, part of that Stewie joke in there, too, because I just thought that, you know what, fuck that. I, I didn't do that good enough. Stewie should tell the joke as well. So here's that and... Also, Lois stealing a ton of clothes from this, uh, just store. Oh, this is cute. Oh my god, 
so funny um she's just stealing everything there's i don't know how they let her walk out because her she would have everything would have been just popping out of her uh but the griffins uh later on have the swansons over for dinner and B- brian's pretty sure he's caught on to what's going on with lois and bonnie is trying is talking you know about all the, the stuff around her and at one point, Peter uh, shows off that he's got a new soccer horn right in Joe's face. And it's like, ha, right in his face. Uh, but but um, Bonnie is asking about a Matisse painting. And and uh, Brian's like, hey, hey, Bonnie, you ruined everybody's good time. Like, uh, like when Peter did stand-up comedy at that children's hospital. And we cut to Peter being like, Oh, yeah, long lines at the DMV. <laughs> you guys will learn about that when you get old. And and uh, and he's literally in front of children in hospital beds who, who have cancer. And uh, some kid coughs while he's doing his stand-up. He's like, oh, look, we got a heckler over here. And the kid's like, dying hurts. And Peter's like, can't tell me about it. <laughs> who hates flying? Which is really funny. It's a really funny joke uh, because... It's the juxtaposition, and they're cartoons. Those kids don't really have cancer. Uh, but Lois, later on, is at a muffler store trying to steal a muffler, and Brian finally, truly confronts Lois about her kleptomania. And Lois, she Brian's like, you, you're starting to worry me. It's like that Winona Ryder thing. And she's like, are you calling me a klepto? Because Winona Ryder got caught stealing some stuff. And he's like, no, I was talking about The Age of Innocence, which is just not a great movie where she's just a boring character and in the cutaway uh, the guy is like oh she is just terrible can we can we get like a topless scene in here or something and the guy the director's like yeah he's like oh all right well we got a movie then and lois is like yeah all right you're right i i, I need to to get help and so she's like you're a good friend brian and she's like let me scratch your belly so she goes to scratch his belly and she's at the same time reaching back to um She's reaching back to get the muffler again, and Brian's like, uh, put it back, uh, because he's getting his belly rubbed, and the director was like, hey, I'm not even going to lie, I've I've totally fucking, or Tom Devaney was like, look, I'm doubling, I'm not even going to lie, I wrote that joke for like a a thing back in the day, and they're like, ah, that's funny, in the commentary, but, um, Later on, Joe sees a news piece uh, all about the Matisse painting that he saw at the Griffin's house. Welcome back to Channel 5 News at 10. For those of you wondering what I've been writing down as we go to commercial, it's a cat. Just a cat. In other news, police are still looking for the culprit who stole a valuable Matisse painting from the Quahog Museum of Art. A Matisse painting. Also, scientists announced today that if your hand is bigger than your face, you have cancer. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Got you! Oh, ah! Oh, that's not even really news. Oh no, Rupert, we're out of gas! We better ask directions at that creepy and possibly haunted house. 
Ah! A ghost! Oh, 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 oh. It's okay. It's okay. We got away just in time. We got away just in time. And, yeah, I don't know why that part in the the, the ending of that with, um, <laughs> with, uh, with Tom, it's not even really news. I don't know why that cracks me up so much. But we see Lois and Brian packing up all of Lois's stolen shit. And a little farther uh, in the background, Stewie and Rupert are doing like a mini Scooby-Doo where they're pretending they drove up to a haunted house. And he's like, oh, look, a haunted house, Rupert. And he gets out. And he's like, oh, God, there's a ghost. And he runs back. He's like, oh, oh we got away. We got away. And uh, Seth is like, I like shit like that where it's like... um. Where, or I like little shit like that, and he's like, that one was like, uh, you know when you're like a little kid and you're like playing pretend and you accidentally freak yourself out and shit? I don't know why I think that's funny. But as Lois and Brian are packing up all of their stolen shit, uh, she suggests, or Brian suggests that uh, she go to therapy, and he's like, you know, it really helped Peter when he was uh, stuck in that fantasy world. We get a never-ending story cutaway. Uh, where Peter is playing the part of Bastion, the main character of Neverending Story, and he's riding the Luck Dragon Falcor. And uh, he's like, yeah! Yeah! And Falcor's like, oh, you're a little heavy, buddy. Oh, we're going down. And Falcor crashes into the dirt, and you just hear Peter being like, yeah! Yeah! And then as he's like embedded in the dirt, you just hear him being like, yeah! And I don't know why that cracks me up. But I love the never-ending story. I loved all the never-ending stories. The movies. I also had the little... I also had episodes of the cartoon on VHS. And there was one that I think is referenced in the shot in this show, or in this episode, where in the background, when Falcor goes down in this, you can see some burnt trees in the background. And I think that's uh, I think that's a reference to the, like, forever... I can't remember what it's called at all. It's got some weird name. But it's like the forever burning forest that, like... At night, it pops up in a, in a different place in this desert uh, every night. And I think that's what this is a reference to. But either way, this is a really fucking funny joke because never-ending story fucking rules. Uh, Joe tries to arrest Lois and she's like, All right, Joe, I'll go quietly. Let me just get my purse. Why would you need your purse if you're getting arrested? But she jumps in the car and she takes off and Joe uses the hose to to catch on to the back of it and he's skiing behind it his his fucking chair falls apart he does a little mini indiana jones and he like he he goes under the car and drags himself to the front and knocks her uh and, and makes them both crash they go flying he gets on top of her and he's punching her he's like hey i'm sorry lois i can't give you any special treatment and she's like oh that's all right joe shut up maggot and he just starts punching her over and over and over again and it's terrible <laughs> At court, the judge decides that he's going to be lenient on Lois since she doesn't have a record and she's never done anything like this before. And he goes to bang the gavel, but he cannot find it. Where is that damn gavel? Where is that damn gavel? He looks suspiciously at Lois. And as the closed captions told me, she laughs sheepishly. And she's like, <laughs> and gives him his gavel back. And he's like, all right, two years in the state penitentiary. And Peter's like, oh, that is bogus. And it sounds like, it sounds like he's about to stand up and go, oh, that is bullshit. But he says bogus. But um, he gets a warning from the judge, like, hey, don't, don't, another outburst like that. And, and it's, I'm going to extend the sentence. So he sneezes, three years. Uh, he's like, that was a sneeze, four years. All right, I'm sorry, five years. You douchebag.
Yeah, all right, three years, which is so fucking funny. I fucking love the judge uh, in Family Guy. And I feel like this was a missing Kool-Aid joke. I feel like they could definitely have done the oh no, oh no, oh yeah thing. Uh, Also, how did Macho Man Randy Savage not sell Kool-Aid? Neither here nor there. Uh, But uh, we see a stupid joke. This is like my least favorite joke of this episode. Chris is like, oh, I haven't been this uh, scared or what the fuck ever. Uh, since I watched The Blob on TV, and we cut to him watching TV, and he's like, watch out, lady, it's The Blob, which isn't, and then he runs in the TV, knocks it over, and he falls down. Ha, 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 most pointless joke. I think there was supposed to be another joke there, um, but that one, that's just weak tea, dude. But Lois is at prison and meets her cellmates. Here you go, meet your new friends. Hi, I'm Lois. I'm Fisty. That's Stabby and that's Balls. Pull up a chair, we're playing cards. Oh, okay. (laughs) So are those biblical names? Yeah, Fisty is. And they seem pretty nice. Back at the house, the family is not not, uh, going... uh, Everything's not going well uh, for the family without Lois. Uh, the house is completely trashed, there's trash everywhere, everything's fucked up, everyone's dirty, Peter's clothes are in tatters, um, everyone's hungry, there's a little bit of mustard on Peter's shoulder, he's like, are you gonna eat that? Brian's like, what, the mustard on your shoulder? And he's like, yeah, and he's like, no, well, then Peter starts licking it. Then a deer comes in, and they're like, oh, oh, dad, can we pet it? And he's like, oh, no, no, just, just watch him, just watch him. And then he, he knocks into a can, and the deer goes running away. And then we get, ugh, just the funniest fucking part of this episode. Stewie comes in with a way too full diaper. Here you go, meet your new friends. Uh, hi, I'm Lois. I'm Fisty. That's Stabby, and that's Balls. Pull up a chair, we're playing cards. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, are those biblical names? Yeah, Fisty is. When we go from there, we go to the prison where Peter and the family is there to visit. Peter's pretending like it's the zoo. He's like, ah, ah, we, after this, we, all right, now, when we see a mother, hurry up, because I want to see the penguins. Oh, and we got to see those uh, polar bears. We got to see the polar bears. And he's like, dude, this is a prison. And then Quagmire walks out of a room, and they're like, Quagmire, what are you doing here? And he's like, ah, oh, you know, it's conjugal visits. You know, I'd love to do a woman in the can. Oh, and then we cut to our very first, our very first, who else but Quagmire? Who else but Quagmire? He's Quagmire, Quagmire. You never really know what he's gonna do next. He's Quagmire, Quagmire. Giggity, 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 let's have sex. I do hope nothing happens to spoil this fancy dinner party. Who else but Quagmire? He's Quagmire, Quagmire. Giggity, giggity, goo. Later on, the family sees Lois, uh, and Peter's like, Oh, it's been terrible without you, Lois. I have had to do all the things you've had to do. Like, Like, I had to go to your book club. And the only reason I bring this joke up is because uh, they're just it's it's a joke where they're doing book club and Peter's like his his addition to it is also the book can be a hat which is true Peter that book can be a hat good for you bud but um 
and then he's like, and, and then I had to do that thing that you know you do every Thursday, and it, we cut to Peter trying to suck his own dick, and then he ends up hitting his head and falling down the stairs. And apparently they got a lot of confusion as to what that was supposed to be, but it's obviously um, supposed to be uh, Peter trying to suck his own dick, which means Lois sucks his dick on Thursdays. And there are two other jokes that coincide with that, making Thursdays the most sexual night in Family Guy or in the Griffin household. Uh, not only does Lois suck Peter's hog on Thursdays, but Chris masturbates on Thursdays. So does Meg. Meg masturbates on Thursdays. What a weird in sync home. Either way, get me away from that. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, Lois begins doing a, 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 a fantastic innuendo uh, three-piece here that is that is just fantastic, and uh, it's from our opening. It's from our it's our opening clip, uh, but we'll play it one more time. But this is just so fucking funny. Oh, I can't believe you're serving a three-year sentence. It seems so harsh. Well, the only upside is that it's given me time to think about why I ended up in here. I, I guess I was stealing because I was so sick of the same old routine. I felt like I had a void in my life, like like there was a secret hole in me. Oh, God! And I was trying to fill that hole with all kinds of expensive objects and things. Oh, God! And I felt wonderful with all those things filling that hole. Oh, God! I did this to myself, so I'm just gonna have to lay back and let the penal system teach me a lesson. That one is also sexual. Later on, uh, Peter's like, I've got a plan to get you out of here, and his plan is to sneak Lois out in his mouth. She literally... And they were saying that uh, during the during the writing for this, uh, Seth was drawing it. Pete, uh, Lois in Peter's mouth, just her head in Peter's mouth. And the guard's like, all right, you have a good night. And uh, Peter's like, hoo-hoo. And then immediately the alarm goes off and everyone starts uh, running and they jump into a laundry van. And uh, Brian can't stand up and Peter's like, what the hell's wrong with you? He's like, look, I'm a dog. I can't stand up. And uh, Peter's like, look, whatever we, look, wherever this thing stops, that's where we're going to live. And we, if we're going to be a family, wherever this van stops, that's where we're going to live. And when the van stops and they hop out, they see that they are in Quahog's legendary, much talked about, of course, in this show, Asian Town. And uh, everyone's like, oh, Asian Town. And Chris is like, well, you know what? At least I'll be able to get away from that evil monkey. But uh, no, you fucking won't. Because as he looks over, there's an Asian evil monkey. And it's literally just the evil monkey with a bull cap. And with our family firmly ensconced in Quahog's Asian town, we will leave them for just a moment to get into everybody's favorite segment, Frickin' Sweet Stuff. This week, we wanted to start off in the darker corners of Frickin' Sweet Stuff. This week, we're going to start off with a Frickin' Sweet Conspiracy. That's right, and this week we're going to be taking a look back at the conspiracy theory of new chronology, which is a pseudo-historical conspiracy theory proposed by Anatoly Fomenko that argues that events of antiquity generally attributed to the civilizations of the Roman Empire, ancient Greece, and ancient Egypt actually occurred during the Middle Ages more than a thousand years later. The theory 
further proposes that world history prior to 1600 AD has been widely falsified to suit the interests of a number of different conspirators, including the Vatican, the Holy Roman Empire, and the Russian House of Romanov, all working to obscure the true history of the world centered around a global empire called the Russian Horde. This, to me, sounds a lot like globalism, which is a conspiracy theory uh, most notably proposed uh most notably a proponent of it is alex jones who we've recently talked about which centers around a cabal of globalists uh code for jewish um conspirators who control the world and this seems kind of 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 reminiscent of that but replacing uh globalists for the russian horde uh, but either way, it's it's a it's a fun conspiracy that posits that world history between about eighteen or about eight hundred and fifteen hundred uh, doesn't really exist, and all those things actually happened closer to our time now, and that um, Benedictine monks and other parties have just faked histories of places like uh, ancient Greece, ancient Rome, and things like that uh, to suit the interests of of, say, uh, popes who wanted to be popes at the turn of millennia and things like that. So it's an interesting theory to kick around, and I, I, I just thought it would be really fun to talk about for a couple of minutes here on Frickin' Sweet Conspiracies. And next, I uh, will be doing a uh, segment that is near and dear to everybody's heart. It is Frickin' Sweet Music. My hair is growing growing all the time and then you poke your head out the door with a C chord everything looks okay out here maybe I'll take a walk outside are you afraid <laughs> the letter A the A by the dashboard light. It is from his Bad Out of the Hell album from 1977. The uh, female singer is Ellen Foley. Uh, she is fantastic. I love this song. It is 8 minutes and 28 seconds long. Meatloaf uh, once said that the original arrangement of it was supposed to be 27 minutes long, which would have been ridiculous since this is already one of the longest recordings on 45. Uh, the single edit for this song for the radio uh, and for MTV is 5 minutes and 32 seconds long. Uh, and Jim Steinman is the writer of it, and it is one of my favorite old school songs of all time. Uh, it's it's they, they they sent out copies of the video of it, which is just a uh, print, or it's it's just a video recording of one of the the concerts for it, 
and they would send it around with Rocker Horror Picture Show, and they would play it before that. Meatloaf uh, plays one of the characters in that. And it's such a fun song. It's It's got three parts. The first part is is the guy trying to get into her pants. Then it's got the part uh, where where she's like, all right, well, if we're going to do this, you're going to have to love me forever. And then at the end, he he's like, okay, I'll love you forever. And then once he find, gets what he wants, he's like, fuck, I wish time would just be fucking over. Um, it's absolutely terrible. But one fun thing I did find out about it was that the guitarist for it is Todd Rundgren. And Todd Rundgren is the um, singer or the uh, artist that the kids in that 70s show are going to see in the first episode of that 70s show um, where when they get back, Donna and Eric kiss. And I, I find that really funny that he did the guitar for this song. Our uh, mid-school song, the song that uh, was popular when I was in school, is a song by The Living End, and it is The End of the World. This song fucking rules. Um, it isn't even one of the singles from this album. Uh, it is from 2003's Modern Artillery. Uh, this band is a is a rockabilly punk band from Melbourne. They're fantastic. The way I found this song and The Living End uh, is from the Tony Hawk's Underground 2 soundtrack. These guys are absolutely huge in Australia, and this song is so fucking good and and just hearing it on that soundtrack while playing that game i was like shit i gotta go find these guys and so i went i found more of their music and they are absolutely fantastic i really recommend giving a listen to the living end especially this song and this whole album is absolutely fantastic modern artillery uh and our new school song is uh 21 pilots level of concern i told you my level of concern but you won't fight like you never heard You could bring down my level of concern Just need you to tell me where I'll run Tell me where I'll okay. It is a standalone single from April 9th, 2020. That's when it was released by Fueled by Ramen. Um, proceeds from the song were donated to Crew Nation. And the music video of it dropped a little over a month later on May 29th, 2020. Uh, this song, it just captures the moment that we were all going through last year when COVID was just getting started and we were all so scared. I remember uh, when it first started and people were starting to get sick and numbers were going up. I remember being so afraid um and, and scared and nervous and and truly all i needed was for my my partner in life my love my wife to tell me that we're going to be all right and that it's going to be okay and that made me feel better and this song i feel like truly captures the moment and on top of that 21 pilots just knows how to drop a sick fucking beat like 21 pilots is is fantastic they're one of my favorite 
uh, alternative uh, new bands. And, and this song, it just it just gets me uh, every time I listen to it. So I really recommend it. Uh, and we're going to finish up this week with uh, not exactly a named segment. I'm actually uh, going to give a shout out to my mom, uh, Wendy. Um, she, God bless her, she sure tried to keep up with the podcast. And I really, really appreciate it. Um I doubt that she is caught up. Uh, last I heard, she was somewhere deep in season two. But I really appreciate it. She's always been so supportive uh, uh, my entire life. Um, and the, the most important thing to me is that my wife and my, my mother get along. And luckily they do, um, famously. And and my, my mom is someone really uh, special to me. She's really someone to be admired. Um, she was born in Texas. She was born poor as all get out. Um, her, her mom met, uh, uh, my papa, her stepdad, and they, 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 because they just worked and they worked their way up. And my mom, uh, worked her way through high, or worked her way through college, um, at a, laundromat and at a jewelry store and once she graduated college she was working at a jewelry store in some crappy little podunk town in western Oklahoma that wasn't doing shit for business and and within a couple of years she had turned this business into a multi-million dollar business in the middle of fucking Oklahoma and so she was headhunted by a big jewelry company uh that that uh is a sponsor or was a sponsor at the very least i'm sure they're still a sponsor of a very holy football team uh and she's she's worked her way up in a male-dominated field um but she has been she's been a real big inspiration for me my entire life she works so hard uh and she's so determined when she when she wants something she doesn't she doesn't quit she she works for it she's done classes in las vegas and had to to leave to go do that but it's because it was something for her job that she wanted to do is for but the point is is that she's she's someone that i truly admire um because of how hard she worked and and beyond that how much love she was able to give me and how uh good of a life she was able to give me and how just how much care i felt when i when I spoke to her, she's the best listener that you could ever meet. And you can tell that she actively listens to, to what, to what you're saying. She's, she's truly paying attention and putting thought into listening to you. And that, that makes you feel really good. Um, but she's someone, she's someone I I truly love. And I just want to say, um, thank you for everything you've done for me, mom. I love you and happy mother's day. And to the rest of our listeners, I would like to say, give your mother some fucking flowers, and at the very least, give her a hug and tell her you love her. Uh, Mother's Day is in two days, you heathens. Uh, so go do that. It'll, it will make her day. And with that, we'll get you back to your episode of Family Guy. Breaking out is hard to do. Welcome back. And as our family is taking in their new surroundings. Peter warns everyone not to draw attention to themselves. 
of course, then he immediately starts calling people Jackie Chan until he meets the actual Jackie Chan, who calls him Ethan Hawke. But when Peter says, no, I'm not Ethan Hawke, and he calls Chris Ethan Hawke, and he's like, oh, there's Malcolm in the middle. And he's talking about Meg, and Meg's like, I'm not a boy. And he's like, yes, you are. And it's just so fucking funny. We have to find a place to live. Yes, and we should do nothing to draw attention to ourselves as outsiders. Oh, my God, it's Jackie Chan! Oh my god, it's Jackie Chan! Oh my god, it's Jackie Chan! Hi there, always nice to meet a fan of my movies. Oh my god, you're Ethan Hawke! Uh, no I'm not. Sorry, my mistake. Oh my god, it's Ethan Hawke! Mom, can we go get some food? Oh my god, it's Malcolm in Middle! I'm not a boy! Yes, you are! They go from there to living above a Chinese restaurant. And they're like, this isn't so bad. Uh, y you know, this isn't, you know, remember Meg when you, uh... When you when you found out your gynecologist didn't finish medical school, and um, we get a cutaway to her uh, at the gynecologist's office. This is one of my favorite jokes of the episode. And the doctor's like, "All right, Meg, let's take a look at that vagina." And I don't know why that that joke cracks me the fuck up. They all get jobs. Krish becomes a rickshaw driver. Uh, and it used to be, you know, a people business where people talked, but not anymore. Uh, Stewie goes to work at a sweatshop, but when he, uh, when he sews himself to a shoe, he gets replaced by a baby that was just born that moment. Peter becomes a sumo wrestler, and when the guy is like, hey, what makes you think you can be a sumo wrestler? Peter's like, what are you talking about? I'm a natural-born athlete like Greg Louganis. And the show goes into a really, really funny Greg Louganis joke. Hi, I'm Peter Griffin. You're probably asking yourself, which way are they going to go? Are they going to make a diving board head injury joke? Are they going to make an AIDS joke? Or are they going to make a joke about the fact that his last name sounds suspiciously like anus? Well, we're going to take the high road and do a no-body hair joke. Brian? Hi, I'm Greg Louganis. I'm totally shaven. Terrific. Terrific. Later on, Joe is watching uh, sumo wrestling, uh, ironically, at his house. And he gets a call from our once and forever mayor, Adam Wee. Nobody messes with Adam Wee. And... With that, uh, I, I had to get that for, for earlier in the show. Um, but Joe is like, don't worry, we'll find him, sir. And your light brights or whatever, how that con, con I think Mayor West just ends up hanging up on him. But, um, we get a, we get a, um, we get a cutaway to, uh, Peter losing, uh, at sumo wrestling. And sumo wrestling this week is brought to you by, Asian tricks, which we go to a commercial where it's just a bunch of Asian kids and an Asian version of the tricks bunny, um, and the tricks bunny uh, kills the ball and takes all their tricks. And during the commentary, you could hear Seth MacFarlane get pretty heated. He's like, "I just kids just needed to give the fucking bunny his fucking. Tr they literally take his breakfast. That's fucked up." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, that's true." And then Joe, when he sees Peter uh, lose at sumo wrestling, he's like, oh my god. And then Bonnie's like, did you walk? And you can just see Joe's face being like, <sighs> But later on, the family is watching Asian 3's company. Um, there's the CBS logo that turns into um, 
uh, like an Asian represent or a racist representation of an Asian person's eye. And uh, it's like, uh, welcome to, thanks for watching CBS Asian Town. And it's terrible. This episode is absolutely terrible given the, the, uh, the racism towards Asian people that has been happening lately that is absolutely just unfucking called for. That's fucking ridiculous. Um, this is the same kind of shit we did with the Spanish flu, which by the way should be called the fucking Kansas flu. Not gonna get into it, but that's fucking bullshit, and um, it's that's just it, I I don't even want to fucking get into it because I'll just start fucking screaming. Either way, um, the they're watching that, and Brian's like, "Man, are we really gonna do this?" And Peter's like, "Look, it's not that bad, uh, you know, and 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 it's good to to get out to other cultures and and." So he's like, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed my trip to Nebraska. And we just cut to him being in boring-ass Nebraska. Where they're like, we don't... Where he's like, new movies? No books? No corn? Oh, yeah, love corn. Corn is the best. And I have family up in Nebraska. And yes, it is that fucking boring. Um, I, I take boring Nebraska very seriously because of how bored I've been in Nebraska. You're boring Nebraska. Either way. They see Joe coming. Uh, they ordered uh, Caucasian uh, that night for dinner, and they're all sitting around. And they see Joe coming, and they all rush away, and they get on a rickshaw that Chris pulls away because he's a professional rickshaw puller. Joe calls for someone to pull him, and instead of putting him in a rickshaw, they just pull his dead legs. And they finally get to a fence, and then Lois is like, all right, up and over the fence. And Peter's like, yeah, yes, the fence. The cripple's natural enemy. And Joe can't climb the fence. So they're like, oh, I think we lost him. And then we see Joe in a fucking helicopter. come uh, Like a fucking attack helicopter. Come flying into the air. And Lois is like, into the sewer, everybody. And they all start climbing down. And Stewie jumps on Chris. And Peter's like, oh, that's a great idea, Stewie. So Peter gets on Brian. And uh, he, Brian's like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, there's water down there. Ah, this is worse than when I did coke with Carl Muldoon. And it's it, 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 the joke is that Carl Muldoon just has a really big nose and he would take up all of the coke and it's not fair because he got all the coke and Peter only got a little bit. That's not fair. Uh, especially if Peter paid for the coke or if they went halvesies. That's bullshit. That's what people get fucking stabbed for. But Joey, Joey, <laughs> this isn't a fucking... This isn't a fucking uh, Friends podcast. Joey and Shane. No, Joe and his Asian co-pilot uh, fire rockets at the street and go into the sewer. But before they do, the co-pilot is like, you know, I pretend like I'm shooting my rockets at Jamie Farr. You know, take that, you wacky meatball surgeon. Which is really good, because even in 2005, a MASH joke was was dead on exactly what the kids have wanted. Uh, but they chase the Griffins through the sewers. They do a little uh, TIE fighter joke. Star Wars, you know, he destroys some TIE fighters. It's like straight out of the of, uh, Star Wars, A New Hope. Uh, but the Griffins uh, get a little help uh, from the Goonies. And before they go, Peter forces Chunk to do the truffle shuffle. Uh, and then Lois decides that she's going to give herself up, and uh, she's like, "Look, I, I I'll just give myself up. You guys run." So Joe lands the helicopter. 
that he has clearance for in the sewer, and I don't mean like he has like clearance from his boss. I mean like he has like fucking size clearance, I would suppose. Uh, but he gets out and he just inexplicably rolls right past her. I think it's because the water is moving and he slipped or whatever. But he, but his chair goes over the edge. He manages to grab the ledge and is holding on. But his for the second time, his wheelchair gets destroyed by flying down uh, off of this cliff. And Lois goes to help him. Why Peter doesn't, I don't know. Uh, but Lois goes to grab his hand and pull him up. And Joe is like, pretend I'm one of your child, Lois. And she starts to let go. And he's like, not Meg, not Meg. And uh, she pulls him back up. Joe, you're too heavy. I can't hang on. Pretend I'm your child, Lois. Not Meg, not Meg. Lois, you saved my life. Uh, and, and saves Joe's life. And it's so goddamn funny. And then they meet Corey Haim, uh, who Seth Green is doing the impression of. He's like, nah, I just live down here. And it's a pretty funny fucking impression. Later on, Joe let Lois off uh, because she saved his life, which is totes cool. And Peter uh, decides that he wants to demonstrate his sumo wrestling uh, for Chris, and he's going to need Brian's help. And when he does, he just chucks Brian like a goddamn football. And Brian, understandably, gets pissed about it. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, ah! 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 Oh, what, what the hell? What the hell? Brian, I'm sorry. I, I, no, I, no, I, no. You know what? It's not cool, Peter. It's not cool. And that is where our credits roll. And that'll do it for us here at Frickin' Sweet, a Family Guy podcast. I've been your host, Ian. Thank you for joining this week. It was so, so fun. This is one of my favorite episodes. This is, like I said before, one of the episodes that I think of when I think of season four. And this is part one of our lowest stravaganza. Next week, we'll be playing part two of our lowest stravaganza, Model Misbehavior, where Lois becomes a model against her father and Peter's wishes, but frankly, she's too sexy for those motherfuckers. Uh, it's going to be so much fun. There's so, so many iconic jokes in it, and I can't wait to get into all of them with you. If you have any concerns or questions, if you would like to send us a comment, if you have a suggestion, if you fucking hate me and want to shut me the fuck up, send me an email at frickinsweetfamilypod at gmail.com. And if you would like to hear your voice right here on the show, send us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash sweet. There you can send us a voicemail and hear your voice right on the show, but not only that, you can also check out our entire backlog of episodes, including 58 other episodes of Family Guy Hilarity, our special episodes on Star Wars, the beginnings of Family Guy, the three-part uh, Stewie the Untold Story, Griffin, our, our entire Between the Seasons 3 and 4 uh, freaking sweet uh, movies and cartoons and all sorts of, of fun, fun stuff. So check out all that, and we'll see you next week for Model Misbehavior. Later. It seems today that all you see is vile. Hey, a bag of weed, a bag of weed, oh, everything is better with a bag of weed. It's the only help that you'll ever need because...
Oh, they try to defeat me. They can all just freaking eat me. To make you call fellatio a trouser-friendly kiss is, is the plain situation. Be sure that you see that this is not a chive. Check out all that, and 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 we'll see you next week for Model Misbehave.